This is Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! With the voice of Vegas, your host, RJ Bell. Pay that man his money. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Live from the Vegas Strip, the pregame show America has always wanted. Here's Bernie Fratto. Well, there's an old uh, Chinese proverb that states, may you live in interesting times. And yes, we are. The NBA playoffs ended and the next day NFL camps open. Well, that's not normal. But I'm not complaining either, because as usual, we've got a full plate tonight. So without further ado, welcome back to another award-winning edition of Straight Out of Vegas, the weekend edition. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. And right now, we are in the Hope Springs Eternal portion of the NFL season. And every year, you know, like musical chairs, at least four teams who made the playoffs last season, well, they fall out. And four new teams who missed last year where they joined the party. Tonight, we take a look at who the likely candidates are to fall into those categories. Now, we're just days away from the Hall of Fame game and preseason games. So why do the pros believe the preseason is far less risky than the regular season when it comes to betting? I will explain, and we'll have some upcoming opportunities you can avail yourself of. And after Bruin Finley's update, we'll talk about the latest stories swirling about Las Vegas, and we'll catch up on a new PR trend offshore that books are employing. Of course, we close down the show with Mackinac Sports to stretch your mind and give you the kind of data you only find on this show. Sports are entertainment. They're more than that. They are a shared experience. As such, people want to talk about them. You've come to the right place. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. This is Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. And as they say in Keith Millard, Minnesota, it's going to be lit. Now, quick programming note, by the way. I will actually be here tonight all the way through 3 a.m. I'll be sitting in for uh, Jason Martin, who has the night off. And part of the reason I bring that up is because... In about an hour, I'm going to get heavy into this Aaron Rodgers thing. I'll get very granular as to what took place, uh, why temporarily they took Green Bay took the over-under win totals off the board yesterday, the kind of money it'll cost him if he actually does retire, which I'm not buying, uh, even if he misses training camp, what that would cost him in fines and such. And we're going we're gonna to break it down, like I said, in a, in a much more much more granular fashion. But uh, for now, we're going to get into other pertinent things. All right. One of the things I want to talk about now is we look ahead. As I said, we are in the Hope Springs Eternal portion of the NFL season. And what that basically means is there are new coaches, new draft choices, new quarterbacks, new you know trade, whatever the case may be. And as such, teams that you might not have considered as what's, whether or not they'll be in the playoffs this year, well, they might very well be there. A year ago at this time, not a lot of people had predicted Tampa Bay would win the Super Bowl. I thought with Brady, they would go 10-6, uh, 11-5. Didn't think they'd go to the Super Bowl. Other folks on our network thought they'd win six games. So you've got to let this play out. You never really know what's going to happen. However... The one thing that we do know is there is the musical chairs aspect. So which teams from 2020 may not return in 2021? This is a situation that I said going back to 1990. uh, And, you know, probably especially even more likely this year because 
there are less play. Well, look, let me, let me put it to you this way. There are 17 games, and you never know how you know teams are going to react to that. So I, I would just say this, that I fully expect that there will be some teams left standing uh, when uh, the music stops. So we're going to go backwards from the teams most likely to get to the playoffs uh, and, and work our way down to the teams maybe that may not be back. Well, I'm going to start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the reigning champs. Will they effectively return intact? Obviously led by Tom Brady. This gentleman hasn't even missed the playoffs since 2002. Yes, he sat out 2008 basically because he tore his ACL in game one. I'm not going to count that season because he didn't play. But it's scary to think how good this team could be when you consider last year they started 7-5. and five, And once they got rolling and found their sea legs, they didn't lose a game the rest of the way. And they beat the Chiefs 31-9. So I don't think I'm going out on a limb to say that the Tampa Bay Bucks will be back in the playoffs. By the way, if you're feeling saucy and you don't think they will be, well, you can you can get plus 500 on them not to make it. Obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs will they're going to be back in the playoffs. The infamous Super Bowl hangover, actually, that seemingly has dissolved into a myth in the last 10 years, because you know, well, lo and behold, three of the last five Super Bowl runners up, including the 2019 Rams and the 2020 49ers. They did miss the playoffs the subsequent postseason. But prior to that, it, you know, teams had gotten back to the playoffs, even though they'd struggled. Winners at Super Bowl 54, the past two AFC titles, and five con- you know, consecutive crowns. Uh, <clears throat> Kansas City probably doesn't need to worry a whole hell of a lot about 2021 and their hopes being doused with water, especially if that overhauled offensive line begins to gel. And they can keep uh, Patrick Mahomes on his feet. There's some thoughts uh, that uh, the Chiefs, you know, might might be even better. So I believe they're in the Cleveland Browns. I kind of had to hold my nose to say this, but admittedly, look, <clears throat> when, this is a team that's been a a laughing stock for so so long, and they're fresh off their first postseason in more than a quarter of a century. But there's simply too much talent here, and the the, the truth of the matter is their organization has stable. It's more stable than it's been in many many years, and I don't think another relapse of downturn is coming. Cleveland's first division title since 1989 seems more likely than them not making the playoffs, especially when you consider the issues in. In Pittsburgh and and in Baltimore would be very good, but Cincinnati's got a ways to go. I expect Cleveland to be back in the playoffs. Buffalo, well, they're last season's AFC bridesmaids. They returned virtually unchanged, and uh, Emmanuel Sanders, the most notable veteran addition, can only help them. And they've got a nucleus that's very solid. Buffalo should reach the playoffs. This would be three consecutive seasons for the first time since they lost four straight Super Bowls to start the 1990s. Now that Josh Allen, he's pretty good. All right, the Green Bay Packers. Now, this one we sort of have to put an asterisk around because I do not think they'll make the playoffs if Aaron Rodgers is not there, but I think he's going to be there. We'll, we'll see. If, But even if Jordan Love comes out as QB1 on September 12th, there's still a chance that the Pack could sleep, you know, sneak through, which is really kind of a mediocre division now. I, you're really not going to be sure what you get with the Bears. Uh I, I think they'll be looking to go to Justin Fields as their starting quarterback. Vikings having some issues. Uh, the Lions, well, you know about the Lions. So it can't rule out the Packers going to the playoffs, even if uh, Rodgers doesn't play. 
It, they could be nine and eight. Who knows? So there's sort of an asterisk. But I'm going to assume Rodgers is back, and so Green, the Pack are back. And the Tennessee Titans, in case you missed it, well, they're working on a string of five consecutive winning seasons. But it's easy to make a case that this club is uh, bolstered by the arrival of Julio Jones has much more talent than than even the five previous Tennessee teams that did make the playoffs. So uh, why wouldn't Mike Vrabel's group, Ryan Tannehill's group, uh, listen, this is a team that runs the ball well. Defensively, they're not great, but they're good enough to get into the playoffs. The Baltimore Ravens, not a lot of folks are talking about them. I think they're going to be very dangerous this year. They've reached the postseason every year since 2018, and that's when, at that time, rookie quarterback Lamar Jackson, he was elevated to the starting role. Unless a shift to a more sort of balanced offensive approach proves to be the wrong decision after Jackson rushed for more than 1,000 yards each of the past two seasons, there's no reason not to believe to expect a great season out of Baltimore. John Harbaugh, again, I use the term with Cleveland. These guys are stable. They're one of the steadiest franchises to be on the short list of uh, bona fide contenders for the Lombardi Trophy, and they are every year. So give it up to the Baltimore Ravens. I expect a good season out of them. I expect them to make the playoffs. All right, here comes the Rams. Everybody's darling this year, although tough break this week losing Cam Akers. But they're coming off a year when they did reach the divisional round, and expectations are very high now because they bring in Matthew Stafford, but they also have to navigate the departure of their offensive coordinator, Brandon Staley. Uh, You know, that may not be so easy, and missing Cam Akers is something, right? So... uh, I would also say, you know, defensively, they're going to have some questions, too. Uh, their offense, you know, uh, their linebacker, they have a linebacker, uh, Samson Ebukam, their quarterback, Troy Hill, safety, Johnny Johnson. They're all from last year's top-ranked defense. And uh, I would say one of the issues you have to watch out that could be a thorn in the Rams side are, of course, the 49ers. And this is going to be a tough, tough NFC West. Seattle, you know they're always going to compete with Russell Wilson. Uh, I expect Arizona to compete. They were very competitive last year, and uh, the Rams are going to have their work cut out for them. So they're, they're, I would say, going to make the playoffs, but uh, it's not a lock. The Seattle Seahawks, now they've missed the playoffs once in Russell Wilson's nine seasons. They've never suffered a losing season. Russell Wilson is a seven-time Pro Bowler. They've, you know, he's, been, he's won every year he's been there. But the Seahawks also haven't reached the NFC title game in eight years, and they've lost four of their last five postseason games. The only one they won was a de- was against a very depleted Eagles squad in a 2019 wildcard game. Uh, I will say, though, with fans back in the stands, that can only help Seattle. I expect them to be in the playoffs. The Indianapolis Colts, I think they're back. Frank Reich, got to love the guy, enters his fourth season with his fourth different starting quarterback, which is hardly a formula for sustained success. But I would say this, if they can get Carson Palmer, check that, Carson Palmer. Carson Wentz to return to the MVP caliber form he displayed when Frank Reich was his offensive coordinator, then Indy's going to be in fine fettle. The Washington football team, one of my favorites. I love Ron Rivera. They were the NFC uh, East champs uh, last season, even though they were only 7-9. and nine. But they're going to definitely feature one of the league's most dominant defenses, led by 2020 Defensive Rookie of the Year, Chase Young. However, the return of Dak Prescott changes the divisional dynamic for them, and Washington appears likely to, you know, hitch its wagon and pin its hopes on Ryan Fitzmagic who's great off the bench, 
but he's never been to the playoffs. So 50-50, New Orleans Saints. Okay, now on one hand, Sean Payton is 8-4 and all-time without Drew Brees. Two of those three losses coming in Week 17 contests when his uh, Hall of Fame quarterback was just being rested. But on the other hand, Payton has never started a season since becoming head coach in 2006. Think about that. Without Drew Brees on his roster. So coming off four straight NFC South championships, a lot is riding on quarterbacks James Jameis Winston, who I'm not a fan of at all, and or Taysom Hill in 2021. Neither signed for the following year, so they're both on the clock, but maybe they're both motivated to do something. I don't know what kind of expectations you can have for this team. They're on the they're on the fence. The Chicago Bears, I mentioned them earlier. Now look, if Aaron Rodgers disappears into the NFL ether, there's maybe a different conversation surrounding the Bears, who are actually eight and eight in each of their past two seasons, even though a five hundred record qualified them as a wild card team last year. Look, Justin Fields has renewed long term hope in this windy city. Uh but even if he plays this year, Fields would have to perform so exceptionally well and probably benefit from outside circumstances such as a collapse in Green Bay to get Chicago back into the playoffs 50-50. I don't even know if they're 50-50. Now, the Pittsburgh Steelers, heading into what seems like his final season, you hate to count out a proven winner like Ben Roethlisberger. He is 39, and it's hard to get the visual images in the memory of him last year. We could could hardly throw a football and you know they're saying he's losing weight and he's working out i i didn't frankly see it uh look here's the deal ben's a hall of famer he's won two super bowls he is going to compete but he's 39 years old he's still got the bad body in my humble opinion and he's had more surgeries than joan rivers so you really and, and pittsburgh's offensive line is it doesn't resemble what it did that's a problem and Ben hardly looked like a franchise quarterback as the year wound down last year. And as I said, his offensive line's been dismantled while their third-ranked defense that largely carried the team last year, they've taken some hits of their own. They've lost some players. So given the level of the competition in the AFC North, it doesn't project to me that this is a winning equation no matter how good Najee Harris is. And trust me, they're going to need him. I would never count out Mike Tomlin. I would never count out a Hall of Fame quarterback with something to prove. But there are just too, too many question marks in Pittsburgh. Not just, you know, ripped off 14 teams there. Pick which four you think aren't back and which four might sneak in this year. Could could there be a crazy outlier come out of nowhere? I don't know. That's why they play the season. They're even going to play an extra game this year. Coming up, speaking of the season, the preseason is right around the corner. And why is NFL preseason betting so profitable? You don't believe me? Just ask the pros. I'll explain. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! The great Bernie Fratto, folks. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio studios. By the way, not for nothing, 
my book, uh, The View from the Cheap Seats, cranking right along on Amazon. It has been uh, moving back and forth between number one and number three on the category New Releases in Baseball History and two-hour short sports read. So if you like funny, clever, true sports stories, you'll like my book, The View from the Cheap Seats. Our buddy, good buddy, Arnie Spanier, uh, you hear him every Saturday night, 8 to 11 Pacific on Saturdays. With Aaron Torres, 8 to 11 Pacific on Sundays with Chris Plank. Always likes to say about this time of the year, as it pertains to NFL betting, preseason betting, the preseason is the free season. He's not wrong. Uh, every year there will be some uh, national radio guy, you degenerates betting on the preseason. Couldn't be more wrong. There's, It's actually safer betting on the preseason. And, oh, by the way, you tell me why the books allow much lower limits on betting amounts on the preseason versus uh, the regular season. Well, there, there are several reasons, but I want to give you a couple of talking point thoughts here that I think will help you. First of all, let me reiterate, because we're just right around the corner. The NFL preseason is a great opportunity to start and build a nice bankroll for the upcoming regular season. Now, I know some handicappers have the opinion that the preseason game should be left alone and not bet on, but most sharp guys I know feel exactly the opposite. See, if you do your homework, the preseason offers both sharps and squares a tremendous opportunity to make a lot of a lot of money. Here's why. Here, here are two opportunities that you can take advance of or advantage of when you bet NFL preseason football in 2021. Number one, look at follow this first year full season head coaches with a new team. Now we have seven new head coaches for the 2021-22 season. First year head coaches can be tricky, but generally perform very well in their first August home game. Now they went six and one against the number. And their first home game five years ago, five and two against the spread four years ago, four and one against the spread three years ago, and six and two against the spread in 2019. Now, there was no preseason in 2020, but that adds up to a bankrolling 21 and six against the mark in the last four seasons combined. That's about 65%. You can make all the money you want to make. If you bet at 65%. See, here's why. There's a lot of expectations that are put on these guys coming in. They all, they're human. You've you've all gotten a new job. You want to impress the boss right away. You know you do. They're no different. They all want to show the owner, the general manager, the players, and the fans. He is the right man for the job. And by setting the tone early, it means playing to win in the preseason. Now, there's just three games this preseason so it's even more important to win early. And keep one thing in mind. The preseason is about the only time you're ever going to see a professional sporting event played where one side cares if they win and the other really doesn't. Years and years and years and years ago, uh, you know, Tony Dungy and the Indianapolis Colts, they couldn't care less if they won, the, won in the preseason. Uh, Throughout the years, certain coaches, uh, Pete Carroll. I'll tell you what, let's dive into that. Okay, look, the preseason schedule, by the way, it's not designed to be taxing on teams and players, and so there's no goofy travel schedules or anything like that. 
but there are there are some quirks that you you are going to want to know about. All right, I mentioned that the Hall of Fame game is a little over a week away. Now, the two teams that play in the Hall of Fame game, they're a good bet to fade in their next game. So you've got Dallas and Pittsburgh coming up. Watch their second game. The likelihood is there'll be a good bet to fade in their second game. And if 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 unfortunately some key players are banged up on either of those teams, you can probably expect those guys to be watching in street clothes on the sidelines in game two. So keep a close eye on how players from the Cowboys and Steelers come out of the Hall of Fame game. All right? Also, there are some NFL teams who play on the West Coast with, you know, sometimes you have little or no humidity, and then you travel to a high-humidity East Coast game. A lot of times it's wise to fade those West Coast teams, especially if they're installed a favorite. Now, this has worked very well over the last couple years because, remember, you've got some new OTA rules in place. When it, when it boils down to it, and I'm going to get into this more in a more granular fashion next week as we butt up against the preseason, there are several coaches working right now. Uh, I guarantee you John Harbaugh is one of them. Pete Carroll is one of them. The new coaches for the new teams uh, that they're beginning, uh, you know, a, a new they're, they're starting a new beginning with their new city. And as I said, hope springs eternal. Those guys typically want to win. Usually Bill Belichick doesn't care a whole lot. But as I said, next week I'm going to get into a little bit more of a granular situation on on how on who the coaches are that have over the last few years played to win and played to win big. They've been almost fairly well automatic. I'll tell you right now, one of them is John Harbaugh. And next week I'll have facts and figures. So remember this. If the pros didn't do this, or then you could assume that the preseason is a throwaway and you must be a degenerate to bet these games because they don't count, they don't matter, and half the guys on the field are going to be playing for, you know, working for Napa Auto Parts next month. Well, that's not always entirely true. There are some coaches that will run certain players out there and they'll run their first-team defense a little longer, or they will, you know, head into the game with a little different game plan. That's the very reason why the sports books don't want to get burned. And I'll tell you, the, the limits for preseason games are typically around 1,000, maybe 2,000, depending on where you shop at certain sports books. And that may sound like a lot to typical $50 players, but to the pros, it's not. There are plenty of pros, plenty of syndicates who will put six figures on a game without breathing hard. So keep this in the back of your mind, something to watch for. And next week, we're going to get into it uh, with a little bit uh, I would say we're going to dig a lot deeper into it with a little bit more facts and figures and specificity. Coming up, there's a marketing tactic that the sports books offshore are using that is looked upon by some bettors as not a very good idea, and I'm going to explain. But first, let's go to the man. He's full of wisdom, and he always reminds us, don't sweat the petty things and don't pet the sweaty things. It's Brian Finley with the latest. 
Well, I'm sweaty, and I'll leave it right there. And you know what? We have an all-you-can-eat-like feel right now when it comes to the Olympics because there's a little bit of everything for somebody. You have tennis going on right now, and one of the major storylines, Bernie, is Naomi Osaka after taking a respite from competition, citing mental health reasons, charging into the second round after winning in straight sets in front of an empty stadium with these Olympics going on in Tokyo. Osaka, the two-seed in her tournament, then agreed after the match to do a interview on court and described her play as a giraffe on ice. Top seed Ash Barty doesn't make it out of the first round as she wilts into sets. Golfer Bryson DeChambeau withdraws from the Olympic field after testing positive for COVID-19. Patrick Reed will sub in for him. Chase Kalish takes the first gold of these games for the Americans after his finish in the pool at the 400-meter individual medley. U.S. softball improves to 4-0 in tournament play after their win 2-1 over Australia in eight innings. That moves the Americans into the gold medal game where they most likely, it has not been made official, but most likely will play Japan. Team USA men's basketball will kick off their play on Sunday at 8 a.m. Eastern, and it is their opening matchup against France. Devin Booker, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton have all arrived fresh off playing in the NBA Finals. They have arrived and are with the team in Japan. A couple notes from baseball. The Mariners win on a wild pitch, 5-4 against the Athletics. The Dodgers melt the Rockies 1-0. Austin Barnes, a home run. The Giants fall to the Pirates 10-2. Pittsburgh had 16 hits to San Fran's 5. And the Blue Jays hammer out 5 home runs to outmuscle the Mets 10-3. With that, we send it back to a man who is fresh off of his Olympic archery practice looking to get that bronze. It's Bernie Fratto. Thank you. That's the silver tongue devil, Brian Finley. By the way, you can also bet on the Olympics here, Brian. Uh, there'll be as many as 20 million Americans wow. firing some kind of wager. And Steve Fezzik's best bet, under 46 and a half gold medals for the United States. I dig it. He's not a hater. It's just he's ran the, run the numbers for the past few years and very analytical. By the way, that was the opening number. It's now down to 43 and a half. But you can bet water polo, rugby, handball, volleyball, uh, archery. But don't bet on me because I'm not actually competing. But thanks, Brian. Good stuff. Men's baseball odds, of course. I, I'm enjoying the Olympics quite a bit. I actually watched a lot of them today, but I'm looking ahead forward. By the way, I'll, I'm going through to 3 a.m. this morning. I'll be sitting in for Jason Martin, as I mentioned. And two hours after I sign off, the USA tips it off against France for reals after losing their two games against uh, Nigeria and Australia here in Las Vegas during their tumultuous exhibition portion. This is going to be fun to watch. By the way, the U.S. still 4-1 to one to uh, win the gold medal in basketball. Uh, Arnie Spanier pointed out on his show, Australia was at one time 20-1. to one. They are down now to 8-1. to one. Spain 11-1. to one. Slovenia, I believe that's who Luca plays for, is 17-1 in France, 19-1. We shall see what we shall see. I'm of the belief... Our NBA guys will turn it up and lock it down, and they can't win on reputation anymore. They got to show up and play hard, and it's not going to be easy. But I think they're going to win the gold. All right. Speaking of winning, sometimes uh, if you bet with the right offshore book or what I would call faraway places or sometimes unregulated markets, 
Uh, you can win even if you lose. It's a bookmaker's marketing tactic that's really kind of a little bit dividing the betting industry. Now, let me explain to you what the hell I'm talking about. Now, in gambling parlance, it's what you would call a bad beat. If you bet on John Rahm to win the Memorial a few weeks back, and he's leading the Memorial by six shots after the third round, but he's forced to withdraw after testing positive for COVID-19, and you're holding a John Rahm ticket in a regulated market, most likely that that ticket became firewood. That's a bad beat because things out of your control caused you to lose it that were unusual and not ordinary. And John Rahm, I think it's it's reasonable to believe he would have held on to a six-stroke lead. He was the betting favorite. He was paying 12-1, to 1, and he would have been an odds-on favorite entering day four. But one by one, around 8 p.m. on June 5th, the biggest sports books in the U.S. began actually handing out refunds to anybody who bet on Rahm. They're called bad beat refunds, and it's sort of a marketing tactic that some sports books outside the U.S. have used successfully, well, for quite a while. And they've elevated profiles of some bookmakers and helped sports books gain notoriety when they're starting to build their businesses in new marketplaces. It works like this a bookmaker who sees an opportunity to grab some publicity and. and you you find yourself a contentious outcome and you refund the losing bet and the refunds are usually paid in credit but the bottom line is is that the books the bookmakers who do this they do it with their eyes wide open because they feel that the pr value of this is way you know worth more than anything else they could do because people take notice Everybody sees it, even if you aren't one of the people who bet on John Rahm, you see it. But see, not everybody likes what they see. Because here in the United States, bad but uh, bad beat re- uh, refunds, the see, it's even hard to say. Bad beat refunds, oddly enough, they actually upset some betters. They irritate betters, and they create kind of a divide between what you would call old-school bookmakers from the new breed because they raise the question of, could there be possible litigation? Because bookmakers that would have the audacity to give their money back, is it just grandstanding? So there's been a backlash on some of these refunds. But frankly, why would any better be upset for you know with a bookmaker refunding their losing wager? But see, when sports books, certain sports books, I'm not going to mention any names, but when they began promoting they would give back lost stakes on ROM in the form of credit, you did see a lot of pushback from a lot of respected people in in, in the uh, industry because professional bettors are aggravated because now they're becoming a little bit more common in the U.S. And here's why pros are aggravated. It's all about a level playing field. If it's, it's human nature. If you believe someone else is being treated in a different way than you are getting preferential treatment, it's only reasonable that person might become upset. And I think that's why uh, that's what a lot of the operators aren't stopping to really think about because it can create some undesirable consequences, perhaps down the road. And what about players who had money on ROM to win the memorial in the cases where none of the bets were placed with sports books to you know that chose to offer refunds? So it's a double standard. That's a double bad beat. You not only have a bad beat, you happen to bet with a book that didn't refund it. So I mean, look at it this way. 
We all have to pay rent, right? Nobody gets our groceries for free when we go to the grocery store. And we all have to pay taxes, right? You might not like paying taxes, but if you find out you're paying all your taxes and you see the fellow citizen that you know not paying his taxes and getting away with it, you're not going to like it. There's a sense also from professional bettors that paying out on losing wagers cheapens the trade, okay? It makes things feel gimmicky. It's, you know... If if you're a serious better, even if you're a casual better, but you take it serious, you know you don't want this to look at an industry that's becomes a series of uh, part- participation trophies. At the end of the day, most of the true betters and most of the dedicated players that play the game at a more serious level, they want them to join them in in viewing on the fact that this bad beat refund idea. It may be good PR. It may be goodwill for some sportsbook directors who are looking to advertise their business and grow their market, try to be nice guys. But again, it does create a lot of backlash and it does create, I would consider, a non-level playing field. Something to think about, something to watch as this betting phenomenon grows across the United States. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Coming up. You know them. You love them. You can't live without them. It's that time. Mackinac Sports with Mackenzie Rivers. Got some thoughts on Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. So keep it locked. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live. From the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios, this is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! One of the best in the business, Bernie Fratto. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Las Vegas Fox Sports Radio Studios. Before you go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles, Nick Battaglia, Chris Perfett, and Brian Finley. They'll be with me straight through to 3 a.m. As will Mackenzie Rivers. Programming note, at the end of each hour, 1250 150, 250. We'll bring you back out to Vegas for a special edition of Mackinac Sports for your listening pleasure. Mackenzie, before I dive into this, uh, the Aaron Rodgers situation, we know it was taken off the board temporarily. I talked to Jay Cornegay with respect to the over-under in Green Bay Packer total wins, season total wins, and it was merely because one of their informants, one of their sources who's been right in the past had a thought that he could be retiring so it was merely a precaution all right no one really knows anything at this point i think that's how we sort of have to proceed be that as a man i'm sticking to my prediction he's going to be there however Devonte adams is also entered into the mix 
Yes, and I believe the Devontae Adams uncertainty, as he said here on Fox Sports Radio and back in May, I definitely have to do some extra thinking if my guy wasn't here. AKA, I would definitely need a lot of extra dollar bills if my guy wasn't here for make it for me to make it worth it as a premier receiver in this league. Now, as you mentioned, the story that the odds were taken off for the Packers kind of irked me as someone that you know follows these odds literally every day or every other day sometimes when it comes to NFL divisions. You know, during the NBA season, sometimes my priority gets pulled a little bit in another direction. But the NFL is king. I look at these odds all the time, all year round, 365 days a year, yep. and it's not unusual for the NFC North or the NFC South or the Houston Texans or the Green Bay Packers or any particular team to have their odds taken off. Off at a particular moment when Rodgers on draft day said, hey, maybe I'm not coming back or through channels, through Adam Schefter, however it was done. You know, he says he didn't want the story out there. That seems surprising. The odds were taken off the board and they've been taken on the board and off the board at various points. Here's what's different, Bernie. Here's what is not like in past weeks when the Packers odds have been taken off the boards. When they were put back on the boards, not everywhere, not at the Westgate yet, but at places like DraftKings, Bovada, you know, a few different sprinklings of books that are putting up NFC North odds. Here's what's different this time. Yep. The, pa- the Packers aren't the favorite. The Green Bay Packers are not the favorite. They're either tied or behind the Minnesota Vikings. That's a huge swing. Back in February, they had a 70% chance to win this division by the odds, by our consensus odds. After this announcement, it was about 55, the idea that Rodgers would probably come back. Now it's about 40, and the Vikings are right there with them with about 40%. They're both about plus 150. Vikings, most places are a little bit higher at plus 140, a little bit better chance to win the NFC North. So what do you make of it, Bernie? Is that... Is there a 50-50 chance? Are we back to the idea that there's a significant chance that Rodgers is not there week one? See, you can't quantify it, McKenzie, because this is such an esoteric subject. Now, I will say this. uh, At midnight, I'm going to go into a lot of reasons why I don't think Aaron Rodgers will retire and what it will cost him if he does. But what I don't like, McKenzie, is the way this is reported. I think it's borderline intellectual dishonesty. I see all these headlines, sports books brace for Aaron Rodgers' retirement. Come on. Come on. Have another beer. First of all, when Aaron Rodgers turned down that lofty extension, it was just that, an extension. That meant that would have kept him in Green Bay for five years instead of two. He's already contractually obligated for two, as is Devontae Adams. So just because they decided they weren't going to negotiate, quote, an extension, doesn't mean they both won't be back on September 12th when the Packers kick off. What I think right now is Aaron Rodgers is loving this in the sense that he's extracting his pound of flesh. But at some point, McKenzie, look, he's got three choices. He can come back and play, he can not play, or he can retire. And if he just goes into oblivion and doesn't report to anybody, you know, he's. I'm going to go over the dollar amounts uh, when we start the Jason Martin show as to just for training camp alone, because these are non-refundable fines as negotiated in the most recent CBA. Number one graded quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, by PFF, Pro Football Focus. Number one graded receiver with a bullet. These guys were way ahead of their peers. Devontae Adams, number one graded receiver by Pro Football Focus. They posted an identical Instagram story talking about whether they'll come back for one year, come back for three years. Well, 
you might remember before uh, before sports came back, we talked a lot about a documentary called The Last Dance. Well, both Adams and Rogers posted the same pictures of in that last year of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, the best at their positions at the time, back in 1998, doing a little, you know, Obama, Michelle, and Barack a little fist pump in the middle of the court back in that 1998 season. A lot of different ways you could read this. Is there uh, angst with Brian Kudukins? Is there angst with the Pac? organization, do they think, like Scottie Pippen, Devontae Adams should not be the 17th highest paid receiver in the league, but the number one paid receiver in the league, or at least right there with DeAndre Hopkins? It's very clear to me what they're saying. They're saying, I'm Michael Jordan, I'm Scottie Pippen, we're not being treated right, we might come back for one more year, but that's it. That sounds plausible to me, and I'll tell you this, that I am 100% of the belief that the Packers will not trade Aaron Rodgers before next spring. First of all, even when they do trade him, they will never get back commensurate value for a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback who's gotten him to four NFC Championship games, won a Super Bowl. Look, they do not have a plan B. If Jordan Love was anything, we'd know about it by now. I saw him at Utah State. It's going to take a while for him to develop. Aaron Rodgers also doesn't have a whole hell of a lot to gain by playing this game anymore. And frankly, he can no longer play the victim card. We're not having it. He's 37 years old. He's got maybe two, three-year quality years left. I doubt he's going to piss one away. I could very much see him coming back for one year, and then they work it out with Green Bay to maybe this is his last year, but I do think he's going to be here this year. Uh, McKenzie, you've got about 30 seconds. you got the last word. He's lost a lot of credibility. I'm an Aaron Rodgers, you know, appreciator. I like quality ball, and he does a lot of quality ball. He has for 15 years. But just hearing the old Ravens coach that won the Super Bowl in 2000 recently on FSR say, yeah, he, he doesn't look good. You know, that's really rare for a star athlete to have that much disregard, disdain by the others in his field. Yep. That's what he's getting right now. It's, it's, All right, it's McKenzie. Hard, it's tough. Good stuff. We will see you in about an hour. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Straight Out of Vegas. I'm Bernie Fratto. Next up, the man from Nashville. No, he's off. Bernie Fratto. He's back. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio.